Welcome everybody live, live, live yeah, yeah. under the Mad Radio. This is your host Tech with co-host and it's the Game Boy. What it is, what it do. Welcome everybody to today's episode of Under the Mad Radio. This is titled "Some Like It Long, Some Like It Big," because we have coming up very soon. First, our great guest will be from 105.7 The Fan here in Baltimore, Maryland, national radio and TV host, great guy Rob Long, will be joining us momentarily. And then coming up at the top of the hour at 8 p.m., we will have legendary wrestler and author and journeyman, Big Bill Anderson, will be joining us at the top of the hour at 8 p.m. Just to let you know real quick, fans, you can follow us on Facebook under The Match Radio on Facebook. Just type it into the search. You can follow the show on Twitter at tech underscore UTMR. You can follow NFC Game Boy on Twitter at NFC Game Boy spelled correctly. So, yes, please follow, follow it correctly. correctly. Yes, you mm-hmm. can follow us on YouTube. Uh, go on YouTube, type in Pop Pro Wrestling Powerhouse. A uh, specific YouTube page is coming up very soon. Email us at underthematchradio at gmail.com. And, of course, we have an Instagram page. Just type in underthematchradio, all uh, one word. Of course, we have some big news and some breaking news for you coming up. We will reveal to you later on to the show. But with that being said, I believe we have a caller who is live. Not sure this is Rob Long, but is it? Welcome to Under the Mat Radio. Hi. Hi, Bob Johnson, Heartbeat Radio. Evan, is that you? Yes, it is. Bob Johnson, how you doing, sir? Yeah, not too bad. Listen, uh, if you see my name on the board, I'm just calling in because I want to listen to uh, Bill Anderson. Uh, he's one of the uh, uh, very good friends of mine, and uh, I've been looking forward to hearing his uh, story on your show. And uh, okay. he's got a couple, of, uh, about three excellent books out there on wrestling. And uh, so I'm just uh, going to sit back and listen to that to your show. And uh, Bill Anderson should be a really good guest to have on there tonight. So that's just me. If you want to know where, where my area code was, you have, guys have a okay. wonderful show and. We'll see you on Heartbeat Radio next time. Okay. Yes, we will. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Have a good one, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Everybody, that was Bob Johnson. Uh, we might as well break the news right now while we wait for Rob Long to call. Is that Tech from Under the Mat Radio, of course, me, will be hosting at times. I do help out Bruce Hart, who is brother and a part of the legendary Hart family. Bruce Hart has a great show on here on Pro Wrestling Powerhouse called Hart to Beat Radio. Just a few weeks ago, they had the legendary great Terry Funk on and callers such as the great J.J. Dillon, Rick Flair, and others called in to wish him a happy birthday. Well, I will be helping with Bruce Hart this Sunday do a post-tell-in-the-cell recap here live, live, live on Pro Wrestling Powerhouse Heartbeats Radio at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. So, fans, if you want to hear Bruce Hart, you want to hear me go over Hell in the Cell, of course, just check it out, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, you putting that on the uh, Twitter page and stuff too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It will be, everything will be up on Twitter. Of course, uh, the link will be up on the Under the Mat page. Just as usual, like you follow Under the Mat Radio, um, Bruce Hart, Heartbeat Radio, is our, families of, our family of ours in the wrestling community and in the business. But so, NFC Game Boy, let yes, you uh, – while we had some time, go over the great events from this past weekend. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it was Rage Pro Wrestling at Handover, Pennsylvania, rage. and it was an exciting show. 
real quick just to fill y'all in. If you missed it, please go to Under the Mat Radio on our Facebook page and check out some of the videos that interview some of the highs and the lows. A great, great program, man. Um, those guys from Raid, shout out to uh, BJ Walker, to Riot City, to the Brutes. Shout out to yeah. G Postal and, and countless cool. other Mountain King. The list go on and on. What a very exciting show. Me and Tech were there, and uh, they 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 blew the house down, man. It was just it was it was great wrestling, um, great performances, very professional, and fun for the whole family. Yes, it was definitely was. Uh, sh- shout out to you to Robbie E, uh, current TNA star and uh, Amazing Race star too. Um, <laughs> very wow. good dude, definitely um, good guy. Had a very great match with uh, Robbie Illuminati, uh, current Rage mm-hmm. Heavyweight um, Champion. Uh, NFC Game Boy, give your thoughts on the overall um, event, the overall uh, event that was Rage uh, Fight Night on this past weekend. Uh, just to give you, like I said, a quick overall, it was just, it was very, it was very uh, exciting for the simple fact that we didn't think that it was going to be that good of a show. You know, the first one is always good because it's something new. By the time you get to the second show, sometimes, you know, you're a little skeptic. And uh, these guys, they came and delivered. It was a lot of great matches. Robbie E. and Robin Luminati definitely boarded in. Um, Like I said, we had some great interviews and stuff with some of the guys um, from in the back to let you know some of the post-interviews. And uh, it was just it was just really a great show. The next show is going to be in November. It's going to be in Pittsburgh, though, folks. It's going to be in Pittsburgh. But it's a much bigger show. We'll let you know more details as the uh, weeks come on. Check us out on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We'll let you know what's going on. But uh, it's definitely some hot wrestling. And um, shout-out to uh, the uh, Blue Meanie and and, and Rob E. And, and those guys for, for coming down and, and – Really, just giving us a great show. Yeah, yeah, and like NFC Game Boy said, fans, that we will be in Pittsburgh, November fifteenth. Yes, the Still City. Yes, we are Ravens fans, but it's for a good cause. We will be in the Still City um, for Rage Pro Wrestling next big event. This will be um, a national TV taping, uh, definitely. So, just to let everybody know. So, also, too, we do want to announce that. Live, 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 November 1st in New York City, Queens, New York. We are proud to announce that Under the Mat Radio, me, Tech, NEC Game Boy, Shinblade, will be live on Legends Legends TV starring the great associate producer of the movie The Wrestle with Mickey Rourke and host the Legends Radio, Evan Ginsberg. So, yes, Under the Mat Radio. Tech on the NFC Game Boy, Shinblade, a great videographer and correspondent, will be on TV in New York. Um, once the video, once the show is finished up, you'll be able to watch it on YouTube, and um, we will definitely will be posting it on the website. I'm sorry, and on the uh, web page. NFC Game Boy, your thoughts add about on to that. And you gotta, you gotta add on to that, bro. You, you, you gotta tell them the rest. Oh, we gotta, gotta do that, brother. Oh, you gonna let me do? It? Bless y'all. Okay. You're so thoughtful. And to add on to that, folks, you'll see yours truly, NSC Game Boy, actually performing some of his songs. You know, since Under the Match started, you've already heard some of my freestyles and stuff, my battles. Of course, my battle with Oscar from Men on a Mission, former WWE star. But you'll actually get a chance to see me, NSC Game Boy, perform live 
on this show. So um, shout-out to Evan Gisberg for the opportunity. Shout-out to our correspondent, Shinblade, and from Tech to me, and I see Game Boy. I hope you all tune in and, and check out. It's going to be magic. Yes, it will. will be magic. And it's a Game Boy. Uh, aren't you excited about performing to, to the masses to New York City? I, I'm just excited to perform. Um, I have a different type of sound. It has been very marketable. I've been on satellite radio. I've been uh, on. I've been featured on other radio stations. I'm currently beginning project uh, work on my project of a greatest hits album that's going to be dropping early next year and music videos to the album. Um, so that's going to be uh, something that I'm going to be uh, talking about on the show down the road. Hopefully, you know, you can check that out. And uh, real quick, if you got your Android phone or iPhone, go to your App Store or your, iPhone, your uh, Apple App Store, whichever you choose. Type in NSC Game Boy. Download my app. Check out the songs and everything from my artists, from me. Good, clean hip-hop. If you're not into that, just check it out anyway. Give me your, uh, your you know, your opinions. You know, I, I take all type form of criticism. I'd love to hear from you. Yes, sir. And then, see, we want to give a big out to He's Us and now the Sensational One, Shane Blade, for doing the, the great work with the camera videographer. Thank you much, buddy, mm-hmm. for, for listening, uh, for the help, the very great job he did with our interviews. If you want to check out our interviews from Rage Pro Wrestling, um, on this past weekend, just go on the Under the Mat radio page um, and check them out. Very funny, uh, very interesting. Um, and of course, we got insulted at times, but it's all fine. We know it's all in love. Um, big ups to to WrestleZone.com and all the other wrestling uh, websites who end up covering us under the match radio for plugging and promoting the interview we just had last week with the great Kenny Omega. And see Game Boy, what was your thoughts on last week's episode? Uh, last week, uh, we interviewed uh, international star uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, he just signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, a great interview. If you have the chance to go back and listen to it, we talked about everything from his time working with Daidae Developmental for uh, working with you know with TNA and how he uh, pretty much got into business and and you know his infamous match with a nine-year-old girl all across seas, which is very, very professional, very, very funny, and very, very good and entertaining. So check that out on YouTube. Kenny Omega wrestles a nine-year-old girl, and yes, it will shock you. Uh, just great interview all together. It was a pleasure, and I can't wait to have him back on. We talked about video games. We talked about comic books. We talked about whatever he wanted to talk about and what y'all wanted to hear. So. Yeah, and Kenny Omega's Kenny Omega said himself he loved being on the show. He loves Pro Wrestling Powerhouse, the network. He loves Under the Mat Radio. Um, I had the pleasure to talk to him early today. I know, and it's a Game Boy shared some words. Shinblade has, and um, he said how much fun he's had to be on our show. He's looking forward to um, coming back for part two. Uh, I think Kenny Omega, his his career is very illustrious. He's done so much um, in Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, Ring of Honor, DDT now New Japan, even um, wrestling here in the states. So still much to cover, not only in his wrestling background, but of course video games, uh, comic books, and movies and whatnot. So Kenny Omega definitely had a great time. 
uh, being here too. Uh, so, big ups to you when I give. Big ups to you. Of course, our buddy Antonio. You know, we call him a big old SS uh, for helping us out too. Big ups to Jason Ross and all of our friends and family uh, who definitely supports the show. We have a lot of big things that are coming up for Under the Mats Radio. Real quick, we normally don't talk about Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. That's what we don't talk. We really don't do a review. But we will say this. Last night, for I believe the second time in about a few weeks, WWE ended up having some DLC content, some uh, surprise appearance. First it was The Rock, and last night it was ended up being Mrs. Foley's baby boy, Mick Foley, ended up being on the show making an appearance. Uh, I want to get your thoughts, uh, NFC Game Boy, on the appearance, uh, the surprise of Mick Foley showing up. And uh, did you agree with it? Did you like it? Um, it was a cool segment with uh, him, Seth, and and, and um, Dean. Uh, he kind of hinted it a little bit on his Facebook. I'm friends with him on his Facebook. He kind of made it like a little hint that he was going to be arriving soon. He didn't say last night, but he did say soon. So um, it wasn't too much of a surprise. But you know, it's always good. I'm I'm a big fan. I own two of his books. Um, actually, I'm a big fan of Mick Foley, and uh, it was cool to see him. You know. Uh, doing his his usual punches and stuff as usual, you know, <laughs> in uh, Kansas City, which most Baltimore, uh, Baltimoreans is a little upset with Kansas City due to the fact that they're mm-hmm. not going to the World Series. Right. Uh, try again next year, guys. But uh, <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. Uh, it was cool uh, saying them. So. How about it's you, Zach? Cool. What did you think? It was. Uh, I mean, it was good to see Foley. I just like seeing surprises nowadays with with the internet and all these websites and dirt sheets, and it's hard to really surprise the fans now because you know everything you read it all. Oh, WWE's gonna do this next week. TNA's gonna do this next week. Ring of Honor, they're gonna bring in this guy and that guy. So it's pretty hard to surprise the fans nowadays. But it still felt good to be surprised. They have that shock, like what you know, Foley's coming out or, or The Rock's coming out, and it was good to see Foley. Had no idea that his teeth was green. The one that <laughs> they got knocked out, I believe, or one of his teeth, teeth, teeth uh, one of his teeth was green. But um, I thought it was cool, and I hope WWE keeps this up. We're bringing in, as we call it, DLC, uh, random, shocking uh, appearances by WWE um, legends or uh, WWE stars from the past. So, but what's next? Uh, who could WWE bring in next? Uh, you got The Rock, Foley, Chabot is already there. Jericho's still with him. Who could he bring back? Won't be Taker. I'm pretty sure Stone Cold is, is the next in the pipeline. Stone Cold, um, New Age On another note, I do want to say this. I, I read earlier that today Data um, E changed their uh, awareness policy on domestic violence. And uh, oh. I know uh, they have now put out an actual uh, um, statement to as what would happen if a wrestler or performer um, or diva violates, uh, you know, this act as far as, like, domestic violence, child abuse, or uh, any form of like that. And the first one would be uh, a suspension, and the other, um, the second one would be termination. The reason why I'm bringing this to light is because the WWE never really had a policy about this. As we know, hmm. when you talk to uh, about... The Chris Benoit situation, you know, we know Chris Benoit, his situation, I don't judge, 
But, you know, what happened was a tragedy. And um, that's as far as it go. But the WWE actually today released a, a, a policy now that happens with wrestlers when they perform uh, acts of domestic violence. If a wrestler hits his wife, if if a diva hits her child or, or her husband or whatever, um, there are some severe punishments, fines, and they can lose their job. It's almost as, it's almost as strict in the NFL, actually. And I just want to commend the WWE on that. I'm, I lost my god sister many, many years ago to domestic violence. It is something not to play with. And any woman, uh, female of our fan of our show, if you're out there, if you're listening, if you're in any type of pain or any type of hurt and you're listening to our show, feel free to contact myself or contact Tech. We will take you and, and try to get you the help that you need because it's a very serious issue, you know. Even though I'm still a fan of Ray Rice's performance, you know, I don't condone the fact that domestic violence is very serious. Child abuse is very serious, you know. I have both. I have a girlfriend and I have children. And um, I just want to commend the WWE for stepping up and, and, and showing us the light and letting these performers and entertainers and these guys know, you know, hey, be careful out there. So I just want to add on to that real quick. While we had a moment, and just just to let people know and remind people that yes, domestic violence happens. Not only mainly, it's common. Sociologically, this ain't domestic violence is mainly men hitting on women, or what have you. That's true, but don't forget that there are women too out there that do hit on men. It's not as common, but it still happens. So, either way is wrong. It shouldn't happen. I commend the WWE for coming up with a policy, and I believe WWE did this because of the whole Ray Rice situation with the NFL. So, thank you, WWE, for doing a policy for this so it can set some uh, protocol for people doing this. And hopefully, in the next month or so, we won't have to be talking about the first WWE wrestler, I'm sorry, superstar, Air quote, WWE superstar that uh, will be a victim of this policy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, and, and one more thing, I just got a hit from uh, our correspondent, Shin Blade. He just told me this is only for people uh, um, who have been convicted. Now you have to be convicted of a, of the crime. So this is not speculation. This is not public opinion. You have to be convicted. So in the court of law, if you are convicted, you know or, you know, you found guilty on that, then that's when it will be uh, um, it will be uh, used against you at the time. But, um, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of uh, guys out there. It's not a big group, but it's a small group of guys who also are a form of domestic violence. They don't actually have to mean your fist, you know. You throw an object at them or you hit them with a car or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's a form of domestic violence, believe it or not. So, there's some other and, charges, too, but it's a form of domestic violence. You know. And so. uh, while we do wait, just to let everybody know, please bear that uh, our first guy still is trying to call in. Right now here in Baltimore, where we're at, there's a severe thunderstorm, a lot of thunder and lightning, so please bear with us. Uh, our guest is trying to um, get free to give us a call. But I know it, with the rain and the storm and very heavy, at least where I'm at, it does affect yeah. um, cell phone signals and uh, the network. So 
with that being said, we're going to keep talking about wrestling. If you want to call in and talk to us, give us your thoughts on Raw, give us your thoughts on the state of TNA, or anything wrestling-related, do you give us a call at 760-888-5749. Say it again, 760-888-5749. So, while we're sitting here, between now and 8 o'clock, it's free open time until... I guess they're calling in. If you want to give a call, talk about wrestling, you want to talk about Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, or anything, we'll leave it open um, for you to call. I believe uh, I believe we have a caller about to come up in a second. Um, and, of course, uh, NFC Game Boy, speaking of games, WWTK15 is on the horizon mm-hmm. to be coming out. I actually pre-ordered mine. You did? Okay. No, I actually, um, actually pre-ordered is it, is, it, is, it, is it too late to um, pre-order? Um, it wasn't too late for me. I, I pre-ordered mine like two, three days ago. Actually, yeah, this man, will I'm be the first pre- wrestling game I've bought since Nintendo 64 No Mercy. I have not bought a wrestling game since No Mercy. And what year was that NFC Game Boy? <laughs> yeah, that's the last time I actually paid out my pocket. And I played. The games over people's houses, especially yours, because you have every wrestling game known to man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I give you that. But, ladies and gentlemen, I have never <laughs> bought a wrestling game besides, like, No Mercy. I bought No Mercy and, you know, like the WCW versus the World Revenge, those games back in, you know. Remember but, the uh, music? Something like that. Yeah. So I actually pre ordered WWE. 2K15, I'm actually going to uh, play it, and um, from what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, it's sound like it's going to be really, really great game, so I can't yeah. wait. And, and and I believe uh, we have uh, Shim, the sensation with Shimblade now live here under the Matt Radio. Um, we're now talking about, uh, <laughs> now No Mercy, No Mercy Day, year 2000. Um, your memories of No Mercy, Shim, uh, the Nintendo 64 in that time in wrestling? Actually, I remember that buying it from Military Circle Mall in North Virginia at a place called GameStop or Babbage's. Wait, wait, and, wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. What, what was the name of that mall? Military Circle Mall, North Virginia. Military Circle Mall. Yeah, that's mall. by the, uh, the base. I, yeah, that's by the base. No, yeah. no, no, no. That's, uh, it's a different mall, but it's like in, um, it's off of 264 in North Virginia, and anybody in Norfolk who's listening knows what I'm talking about. Now it's a ghetto mall, though, every time I go back to Virginia. But that being said, um, I remember No Mercy, and I remember I used to play that till 3 o'clock, and they had to go to school at 7 (laughs) o'clock. You know, people still play it now. we got independent wrestlers who play it, Uh, you know, most notably AJ Styles. Uh, who who still plays it? It was just a great engine, you know. Now they make the SmackDown series and they look good, but they just don't have that feel like the old uh, old games like that. Hmm. I agree. Yeah, big up and, to that mall. I'm sorry, it's now ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not as bad as Security Square Mall though. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, it's a security square mall. As people say, Ratchet, the Ratchet Mall is now in our security square mall. Uh, um, uh, Westview, the mall that was great, but now this um, this pretty much sucks. But I'm um, moving now, on from that. Now, now I, had, I do have something about Raw last night, though. 
um, okay. coming to Hell of a Cell. And I got to say that this episode, and I watched it at work, it was putting me to sleep. You know, the um, it was just the Only same thing. Well, many of the many of the recent SmackDowns and Raw has just been like kind of blahs. Like nothing really exciting that comes up. You have the Rock that came back for Rusev, and it was like the Rock come back and he beat up Rusev, and then next week Rusev is going gets Big Show, and Big Show and Mark Henry is having a bro uh, a bro fight moment, talking about I'm gonna do it alone, which we all know where that's going next Sunday. Um, and my and my prediction is this: I think Mark Henry, and it's gonna be funny when I say this. I think Mark Henry is gonna have old hacksaw Jim Duggan's Canada gimmick from WCW, oh, gosh. which was god awful. You know, Mark Henry, as he say. Yeah, uh, Mr. Rick Ross's older brother. <laughs> well, but um. I, Actually, but but the thing is, is that can I can I put down the line of the card for Hell in a Cell? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, I and mean Hell quick, in a Cell is, is, is yeah. Go ahead, NFC Game Boy. Real quick, uh, before you say, I have to agree that the the level of the Monday Night Raws and and the Smackdowns have been really really drowsy. It almost kind of like uh, town on PM to me because it really has been putting me. <laughs> It's just like it's been like really lackluster, and telling all people. It's, it's almost like really the same thing, Dan and verbatim. Like, like wow, you know, Dean Ambrose is being pushed. Jesus Christ, like wow, he's just. But go ahead, Shane. Um, I know you said. Okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna start to start from the bottom of it. Yes. Which is that you know Raw Nails brought to you by Tylenol PM. Special shout out to Tylenol PM, <laughs> Nyquil, or any other medicine that makes you drowsy. Tremesculin and turkey. Yeah, that too. Because uh, pretty much uh, Raw, not just this that last episode. The past few weeks, found myself dozing yeah. while watching Raw or watching Monday Night Football or um, Restaurant Impossible uh, with my girlfriend or something else. <laughs> wow. Took a shot at his girl. <laughs> no, no, it was not. Shout no, out to no, Melody. No. Uh-huh. How you doing, no, Melody? Was, no, wait, wait. Well, wait a minute. That was not a shot. I know why. We we watched the show on a regular basis, but the you fact can't take that the bullet. my my attention <laughs> instead of it being more so on Raw diverted to Restaurant Impossible. Normally, we would flip the channels, but I found myself watching more of it. Then watch Raw. That shows the product that Raw has as of right now. He trying to curve the bullet. This is something that up. He tried to curve the bullet. Hey, look, man. <laughs> Y'all know I need to be better. <laughs> Thank you, okay, man. Um, sure you listening. Back, back, back right. to Hell in the Cell. All right. Um, <laughs> the first match, I'm going to start from the bottom. Uh, not to oh. quote Drake, but the, the, the match is Nikki Bella versus Brie Bella with the loser having to be the assistant for 30 days. Okay, uh, moving on. Um, wait, 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 wait. Uh, repeat that stipulation again. Eight. Okay, Nikki Bella versus Brie Bella with the stipulation that the loser will have to be the assistant's bitch for 30 days. Oh, gosh. The, the old slave gimmick. It doesn't okay. matter. 
And it's a game boy. Your thoughts on uh, this this match that this irrelevant? <laughs> Moving on. Moving okay. on. <laughs> <Coming> <laughs> on uh, all right. Pre-show match it should be. Um, the next match is AJ Lee versus Paige for the Divas Wait, Championship. Wait, two Divas matches on this card? Yes, it is. It's a shocker. Wow. Well, what is this, 1998? Which which one you want to take a bathroom break on? Well, well you said uh, yeah, the AJ feet. Lee. The Bellas. Yeah, the Bellas is Tylenol PM, and it's a Game Boy, and I'm sure that's the word yeah. for the day. Tylenol PM. <laughs> All right. The next match, what we have, uh, let's see, another match that we have is Sheamus versus The Miz with Damian Mizdow for the United States <laughs> Heavyweight Championship. I think that's well, good. I, I, I will say this. Uh, kudos, as my old professor, I'm not old, old principal, uh, used to say, <laughs> kudos to Damian Mizdow. I think, in my opinion, that is hilarious. And I think it's funny the fact that, just, just let's not forget, fans, that just a year or so ago, Damian Sandow was the money in the bank. And was they were pushing him to be the next champion. And, of course, we know he lost to Captain Four Kids on Raw, cash it in. <laughs> but now Damian, Damian Mizdow, to me, being a stunt double, the Hollywood take, I think that is hilarious to me. You know, him dressing up as Sheamus on SmackDown, all the things that he's doing, I think that's pretty Main funny. event. So, main yeah, event. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry he's on main event. Same, same show almost. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's funny. Uh, game Boy, your thoughts on uh, this match, Miz Dow? It's just to show you how irrelevant Miz is truly all when the guy who is portraying you as a joke is – more popular than you, and you're actually the person he's portraying. <laughs> so that's just like somebody's portraying you or myself, and they're more famous being me than actual me. So it just shows you just how bad Miz really is. Like, he's not even that good at being himself. Like, somebody else is impersonating him, and he's better at it than the actual guy he's impersonating. Well, I have to say that. I have to say that uh, really, if anybody has taken notice in the Miz's matches when Mizdow is ringside, and notice one of the things that popped big for me when it came to uh, San, uh, Mizdow was, uh, yeah, was when Miz applied the figure four leg lock to either Dolph Ziggler or Sheamus, and and Mizdow did it on the outside as well. Mm-hmm. He did the whole formation and, and everything, and that was something small to pick up. We we actually do we do, do it like that. Uh, real quick, uh, um, before we go into the other matches, NFC Game Boy, if you had a stunt double, what what would he wear, and how would he act? Uh, actually, I had a few stunt doubles. Um, one of them <laughs> used to be named Rayvon. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Rayvon. That's an inside joke. He shot uh, up the Ravon. But, uh, Fans, please don't Google Ravon because you will not get any results. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually had a stunt double. Um, I I think a stunt double for me would would probably wouldn't work only because I have a a, a sporadic personality. I, you know, some things I do, some people may question, and some things I do, they will probably the other half will probably be you know just 
shaking their head because they don't know why I'm doing it or going that way. So it'll be hard for my stunt wait. double to keep up with me because, you know, I don't. I don't wait, think real quick, can... we we had break we had breaking news in this game, boy. Then okay. then uh, there's results on Google for Ravon. He is Bruce Alexander Michael Brewster. The hell, uh, he is better known stage name Ravon. A uh, he's from Barbados. He's a reggae sing- singer known for his work for Shaggy. And just for that, he's irrelevant. Moving back on. And again, boy, you can finish. Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, you know, somebody try to walk in my shoes, they they, they going to fall backwards. And I think that's that's the goal for anybody, even in, in, as in the character, you know. But for Miz, he's so irrelevant and so shallow. It's so easy to, to follow him because he's not really, you know, he's not really impactful himself, you know. He's a guy that he can wrestle a little bit. I give him that. But, you know, he's made famous thanks to the real world. He didn't make famous to in the indies or, in the you know, coming up in the in the ranks. He was already kind of just used his clout to get there, and then they finally just let him in, you know. Like, you think about well, guys like, you know, like that. that kind of Well, to tell, tell you the truth with The Miz, um, it, here's the whole thing about managers. Managers are not supposed to – or, or valets, they're not supposed to uh, be over than the wrestlers, and this is the part where it's failing, like we all said. And it's just like, it reminds me of Ricardo Rodriguez and Alberto Del Rio, where everybody liked Rodriguez even more, if, if anybody yeah, remembers that. Yeah, now, uh, um, also, uh, breaking news for some who didn't watch Raw, is that not only that The Miz will have a match, but also it will be... Mizdow TV on the pre-show <laughs> with special guest <laughs> the Miz. I'm thinking all about that. Yeah, they did say that. They, they, they actually, I'm looking forward to that. It actually will be entertaining. And like NFC Game Boy said, the fact that your stunt double or manager, like you said, Shin, is more over than you. I mean, really, who who cares about the Miz? Anybody listening? If you care about the Miz, please call in 760-888-5749. If you listen to this as an archive version, hit us up on Facebook. Let us know you care about the Miz, because I don't know anyone who does. <laughs> For the first time in any in, in history, period, in, in the past 30 WrestleManias, 30 WrestleManias, oh look at this. Past 30 WrestleManias, how many champions had they? WrestleMania 1, Hogan. Two, Hogan. Three, uh, WrestleMania three was Hogan. really Hogan. Four, Hogan. Hogan won the title from Savage. Five, Hogan again. Wow, we're really doing this. Six, Hogan again. He lost his warrior. Seven, okay. Hogan again. Won it from Slaughter. Eight, we really don't count that, but it was really Savage and Flair. But Hogan, the point I'm making, since WrestleMania started, Everybody that's been a champion into WrestleMania has been memorable. You saw, yeah, Hogan was champ, Flair was champ, Brock was champ, Yoko was champ, Chibwaish was champ, Captain Four Kids was champ, Old was champ, Chibwaish was champ, Taker, even Sid was champ. Diesel. Yeah, Diesel. Oh, yeah, Miz. He made a event at WrestleMania 27, which, big ups to NSC Game Boy. You know, because of him, uh, we was able to go to WrestleMania, and yet people forget. Because it was, rock, it was the rock, it was the, 
it was the Rock and John Cena because everybody cared about the rivalry that they they were building. So coming into the match, the Miz was like, "I'm going to make it better," but it made it, it. He couldn't because it was the Rock. And, and you, know? you would have thought Miz had a title. People remember Bob Backlund's title run, Drew Shorten when Diesel beat him in Madison Square Garden in about six or seven seconds. They remember that a lot more than Miz having the WWE title for a good few months, leading into WrestleMania. They still had the title after WrestleMania. How many people defeated Captain 4K's John Cena at Mania? Not many. Triple H didn't do it. Neither did HBK. Uh, Orton did. And yet we don't care. The man, okay, Orton did. That was a three. Orton beat him like seven hundred and eighty times, and and John yes, beat him like a thousand. And exactly. times. So <laughs> they kind of cancel each other out. All right, we're, then, we're jumping. We're jumping ahead a little bit on you know now, mentioning now, Orton. Now, this and is Cena. this is all. This, no, it's, it's all good. It's, it's all good. Worry, but, we got we got plenty of uh, we got plenty oh, of words for them too. Yeah, we got okay. But the fact is that the Miz is, is, is not relevant. I mean, big up to the Miz. The Miz, we thank you for your endeavors. We, you know, we give you up. Uh, WWE cared so much about you that they turned you heel. And WWE, the company you worked for, forgot that you had a movie that came out on NBC Kids or whatever the hell the network was called. called ABC Network. ABC Network, Christmas Bounty, what the hell was called, and your own company that. that you work for forgot you had a movie coming out. They said, oh, we forgot the minute had a movie come out. We can't have a bad guy. We're going to switch you to a face the next week. I, I, I actually saw company, that movie. If your own company I, forgets about your work, <laughs> that they signed you up to do and gave you permission, that lets you know how relevant you are on the company. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I, I I know you're heated about this Miz rant, and I should put this on YouTube for that. But people remember the Marine Two with Ted DiBiase Jr. more than the Christmas Bounty. That's how bad that movie on, was. We, we could do a whole show on things in wrestling that we remember besides the Miz. Uh, and granted, the, the chaper- anybody, anybody, <laughs> the chaperone was better. I think, what's that new Leprechaun movie with, with, with uh, the Billy? What's his name? Hornswoggle? Shout out to Jason uh, Hevel for watching that. Yeah, big ups to JH, uh, Indy, Indy Russell Q&A. Uh, our buddy, he watched it and said it was uh, gutter trash. It was terrible. So but was the John Morrison Hercules on, movie. Hey, big ups to that. Anything with John Morrison is a lot better than The Miz. But... They were a great tag team, but we'll give them that. All right. But moving on, off of the Miz, we spent too much time on the Miz. All right. Okay, next up, the match that was determined. And before before I get into this, note that there were a lot of matches made on Raw last night via WWE app. So anybody didn't have it, like myself. That's still alive? That's still around? I guess so. It's with the network. Who, who still has it? Well, it... <laughs> And Isn't it with the network? Yeah, uh, you hear the WWE Network. You really don't hear. Okay. Well, well, well. The thing. Well, now the app they're making all the matches. So whoever doesn't have the app, like myself, it's just on the fly. Where it's like, where's the bill? We're just slapping matches together. So, uh, given this match is one of them, was the WWE Tag Team Championship, which is Golden Stardust. Which I love Stardust um, against mm-hmm. the Usos. That's again, another match. For the first time. 
How many times have we seen this match from Raw to SmackDown? Every week. And yet, they have not match in it. Either a singles match or a handicap match or six-man match. We've seen this match before, and we go to the next one. Um, I didn't think this was going to be a I, I thought it was going to be a match, but maybe not, though. Maybe Cesaro and Dolph Ziggler, but it's not up here. Well, well, first, we, we got to talk about the tag match. Is is Granted, uh-huh. this is a match we, we've seen time and time again. But I will say this is a match I'm looking forward to see because they have a good chemistry. They work pretty well. I'm a fan of Golden Stardust. Um, Kishi's kids, the Uso, Usos, big uh, fan favorites, and I'm really glad for them. So even though, cause, okay, if they don't have Goldust and Stardust against Kishi's kids, why would tag teams out there? Oh, like, wow. That's a good one. Yeah. You got oh, Play Gator. No. No. But after that, oh, well, oh, wait a minute, Lost Matadors, yeah. After that, Vryback uh, is hurt, so you can't. Uh, where, where, where's Curtis Axel? Was he sleep? Was he? I mean, Vryback is hurt. Yeah, <laughs> he's at home. <laughs> right, Curtis Axel was at home waiting for Vryback to come he's back. Practicing, he's practicing his posing. You know, he liked to pose a lot. Show that you know. I, yeah, you know what? You know what? How how far has Curtis Axel has fallen? He was introduced. The day after WrestleMania 29, as the next greatest thing from Paul Heyman, at that time, he can work. He he spar he was the sparring partner of The Rock before the matches with Cena, so he got the rub and he got the build, and now he is nowhere, just like Fandango. <laughs> Yet they still kept JTG uh, for eight years, and you know. But I can go on that. But next match is, uh, I thought they would have Ziggler and Cesaro, but I think that's going to be a filler match. Um, the next match is Big Show versus Rusev, which I already said, which uh, I don't know who's interested in this or interested in Big Show and Henry. Uh, who thinks Big Show is going to go over Rusev? Once again, how many times have we seen this match before the pay-per-view? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a game, boy? Yeah, I think Rusev's going to take it. Uh, you know, Hell in a Cell is not one of the big four, and um, I've, I've been hearing about uh, Big Show having a heel turn, which look, looks like it's leading up to. Um, really? Yeah, I, I was reading about that. He thinking that he's gonna have a heel turn, which I don't think. Why? You know, last year he was a heel. Now this year, you know, he turned a face when he fought Brock in the beginning of the year. He was a face. He's been a face all year. Wait, wait, wait a minute. He was a face years a year ago. He was a face, but he was crying uh, from the authority. I know, but he was working with the authority, so it was kind of like almost heelish because he was having them do all that crazy stuff. Yeah, this oh. the show. But think about it. I mean, he was a face, but he yeah. was technically a heel. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You know what I mean? Because he's working this, this for proves, the authority. This proves to show you that, one, WWE doesn't know what to do with Big Show. Two, Big Show, the same thing that makes him who he is kind of limits him because he's big. He can't really do but so much. I mean, he's a great athlete, but he, he's not as... You know, he's not like a Ziggler or somebody that you could just throw in the ring with anybody. Big Show could work 
you know, big fan of Big Show back when he was medium show in WCW. But the giant show. <laughs> if if you keep flipping someone hill face, hill face, and and sporadically, it's like okay, <laughs> we he, all see he, it coming. He flips more than a flapjack on the on the grill. So yeah, and all right. It's, it's, um, and it's a lot that you know, fan, younger fans. If you don't know what flapjacks are, um, they they're called called um, pancakes. Hashtag pancakes. Someone was wondering if you didn't know what flapjacks were. Pancakes. I'm surprised right. Shimbley actually calls them flapjacks. But we're moving on. Uh, next, next All match. right. Next match is the one that I am waiting to see just because of what can be thrown in this match. And it's a Hell in a Cell match between the Lunatic Fringe and, should I say this, kids, close your ears, the Titty Master, Dean Ambrose, <laughs> versus... <laughs> <laughs> versus the architect, the bought-in Seth Rollins. I am looking forward to this. Not be now to tell you the truth. Everybody has everybody has seen this match, them scuffle all the time. But from Mick Foley's promo, I am I am a hundred percent into this match. As as far as you know, even talking about his kids and the Shield. Now anything goes. You know what? I think this match ain't going to be that great. I think I know they're in the Hell in a Cell, and I know it's, it, it's on paper, and for we for what we've seen, the chemistry, it looks like it's going to be just blow your way. But for some reason, I don't think that it's going to be, I think it's going to be, like, almost, like, imploded. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really good, and then it's just going to kind of, like, just end. Like, they're not going to use the cell as much as that. I just have this odd feeling, like, it's just not going to be that. And believe it or not, I think Cena and Orton is going to almost outdo them. Hold on, the world I know. I, I have this crazy feeling that they're going to try too hard, and it's just not going to It's not going to feel right. I will hope, and, and please, fans, if you're hearing I will hope that Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose blow the roof off. I'm not saying that that I don't want them to. I'm just saying that I have this feeling that they're just not going to bring what we want them to bring. I think they're going to kind of hold back a little bit, which is why I'm getting sick and tired of the whole feud to begin with is because they, it seems like they keep holding back, you know, instead of just going all out, you know. They have the talent. They have the chemistry that, you know, we all know about their prior days before, you know, day to E, they they need to go all out. But I just, I don't know. I, I have this feeling like it's just, I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that I'm wrong, though. If I'm wrong, one thing's you know, for sure. <laughs> well, one thing's for sure. This match won't end in the DQ, and it will happen yeah. unlike the other two previous matches, which was DQ and, and what have you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was only one. Hopefully the Titty Master. Hashtag tits, we love them. Oh, it's the mouth, city mouth too. Support breast cancer on our socials, please do. Support breast cancer. Seriously, I've lost, uh, lost oh. a dear friend. I lost a dear friend of mine, um, uh, Sister Tina. Love you much to breast cancer. So on our socials, do you please support breast cancer if you can't wear pink or support um, the season? I forgot last name of the current. Susan G. Coleman. Yes, yeah, Susan G. Coleman. Yes. Now, on, now before we on our before we move into these up titties hashtag titties that great hold on. and okay, everything else. It down. All right, um, I do have an aunt who battled breast cancer twice. 
she okay. she went through the, the first time. My, my aunt Lorraine, shout out to aunt Lorraine. Uh, hey, aunt Lorraine. And she she came back the second time. It, she came it came back the second time, and she had a double mastectomy. And you know, during this month, I wear uh, I got the bracelet, which I won't take off, and I have Baltimore Ravens breast cancer and things of that nature. So I do that in support of her. Um, but the uh, the titty shirt is sponsored by uh, Tech himself from Under the Mat Radio, and it will be in stores next year. But uh, indeed, next month—I mean, not next month. Next match uh, will be the quote-unquote main event, which is obviously the losers' match. But the authority sweeten the pot. Which the neck, the winner of this match gets to challenge the undisputed world heavyweight championship champion. And say it with me, kids, Brock Lesnar. Did you say kid? And it was, yes. Was that a kid? What, what, what was that? <gasps> okay. That was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <The laughs> match like, is GB three. Somebody said, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> Now, now the match is uh, shout out to Evan Ginsberg who said uh, this will be the three thousandth time this will happen. John Cena versus Randy Orton. Like Dragon Ball Z. Now I will be on Twitter most of the match because I really don't care. Uh, we all know that Captain Four Kids is going to uh, win this match, but I do think that I'm going for Orton. Just check it out. Oh, okay, I I I I have I have to disagree. I have a little I have a little hunch. First, with the Titty Master and uh Seth Rollins and his Agents of Shield attire that he wears. I'm with Minister <laughs> Game Boy. I think this out this match will be very good. It has the potential to be the best match on the card. Hopefully they don't hold back. So I do see Seth Rollins is gonna go over, we all know, 'cause they're gonna keep dumping them and shoving them down our throats. Because he has the money in the bank match. Uh, money in the bank and match. And it's best for business. Yeah, it's the best for business. Now, if anyone has noticed, and of course, me being tech, I noticed every little detail. And I've said this uh-huh. before, a month ago, and it's the Game Boy attest to it. I mentioned before that how Orton has been acting more like a face lately in his matches. He's doing little small things uh-huh. that he shouldn't do. Case in point, pumping the crowd up. Case in point, saying talking to the crowd. Case in point, you know, doing his little shoulder shakes and shoulder convulsions that he does the RKO and Tony with the crowd. Therefore, I see his face turn to Randy Orton. I see Randy Orton leaving the authority, not necessarily being a tag team with Cena, but I see him leaving the authority because if you notice, they're playing the whole Orton, Seth Rollins thing back and forth, Orton, RKO, Heyman. So, I believe, yes, Captain Full Kit might win, but really, how many times are we going to see Cena and Brock? Brock beat him twice. Really, let's not see. When I see Orton go against Brock, that match has never happened. It's never been done. It's something right. fresh and new, and I'm sorry for WWE to do something fresh and new, but why not? Think about it. Survivor Series. Randy Orton versus Brock. I'm sorry, NFC Game Boy. exactly why. This ain't the same Brock Lesnar from 2002, you know. And Orton was a four kid too. But more of my point is, he was a rookie. 
it will it wouldn't be realistic. Even though you're talking about a show that that that's built on storylines, you know some some of the storylines have to be realistic. You can believe Big Show beating Brock Lesnar. You can believe John Cena beating Brock Lesnar. But Randy Orton and all those other guys, you know, you can believe Triple H beat Brock Lesnar. You know, these are bigger guys. You know, his size and with his martial arts ability, when he went to UFC and he came back, it put him on a higher pedestal. Even though it would probably look entertaining, at the end, if he beat him, you're going to be like, really? Like he beat him? Unless he cheated or he really, like, took some weapons and added, like, some, like hit him, like, seven, eight chair shots or something like that and didn't do it, that's the only way it will look somewhat believable. Because if he's coming in and have a regular match. Actually, for rare case, I disagree. I feel the Brock now is weaker than the Brock back when he was in his prime. Reason why? Brock's size. Brock is a little more solid. He's slower. He's UFC, but he's more fight. Brock in his prime, 2002, 2003, 2004, was agile. He was fast. He was young. He wrestled. He had speed. That Brock was the most dangerous. Not saying Brock isn't dangerous now, but I think Brock in his prime. Okay. Was a lot more dangerous. Hold on, and I feel like this. I okay. agree with what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying, and the reason why we're having this, this this debate is because WWE has not been building up Randy Orton. He's just been going through the motions and has not been feared. If WWE will push Orton hard. And actually get behind him like they did back when he was feeding with Triple H and he was had that that what the hell was that that um that this order he had that anger disorder if they pushed him hard um he, he had a uh, P I E D I E D something P, like that yeah something like that if and I right now right now NFC Game Boy I agree with you but if there to be what push Orton hard for maybe to the Rumble. No and went intended. behind him and built them back. I believe that match will kind of be believable. Not saying Orton will win, but at least make it so, like you said, it will be believable that Orton could have a chance to beat Brock Lesnar. And I still disagree with you. And the only reason why I just I am a fellow martial artist. And you ask any of our former guests who are martial artists and, and watch wrestling, and you tell them what you just said to me, they will tell you they disagree. Why? Just because Brock is slow and a little bit more bulky and a little more flabby, he is still a mixed martial arts expert. You uh, I want to say he. I want to say he's an expert. Oh no, 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 no! Artist. I'm gonna tell you why I say expert because he's won the championship numerous times. Even though his competition may not have been good, even his competition might have been bad, he still won it. There's not storylines in the UFC. There's not. There's oh. not fixed punches and fixed bloods and stuff. You can make, uh, you can act like it is, and you can say, "Oh, Dana White uh, is setting these guys up." And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, dead. Uh, I'm telling you, dead honest. I, Randy I, I, Orton I agree. will not be able to. I, do... I agree with Hold what up. you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> However, I will not call Brock Lesnar a mixed martial arts expert. I will say he's a very fit mixed martial artist. But for me, if I hear the word expert. I'm thinking of somebody like a Randy Couture, like a Ken Shamrock, like a Dan Severin, like a Bass Rutten, okay. like a Tito Ortiz. Now, I give you, Brock, is a, he's a legit MMA fighter. I give you that. I want to say expert only because that takes time and build 
Brock is a fed MMA fighter, but of course he wasn't there long enough to build that and didn't fight enough people to get the expert gone. But I will say this to the fence and this is game boy. I know you was away. I know you was away taking care of business. I saw Brock in his prime. And as a wrestler myself, and knowing what he dealt with and watched Brock in his in his prime against the Angles and the Undertakers before he was hurt every year and the Triple H's and the Rocks and the Ben Walls and the Eddie Guerrero's, you hear this list? And he actually yeah, went. There was no so Triple H on that list. It was, yeah, yeah, we won't miss around Triple H. But the people that he went toe-to-toe with at that time, as a wrestler myself, I actually feel if Orton now went against Brock then, it would definitely be a no contest. Well, but, the, the thing the, is... The, at the end of the day, the, of course, George, if, if Vince McMahon says so, guess what happens? Uh, okay. You just broke the fourth wall, at, man. He would be at this pay-per-view. Think about that. If, if, if Vince McMahon said so, he'd have been at this pay-per-view instead of at home watching it, uh, eating popcorn and chilling well, with him. Well, and oh, Jimmy John sandwiches. Of course, that, that, of course yeah. Jimmy John sandwiches, partial contracts, and other things vetoed that. But I, 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 I'm going to leave I, it alone I, because I'm gonna, maybe I shouldn't say no, expert. I, I, I will retract no, 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 that statement. I, but, 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 but I, I will say, as a, as a martial artist, as a fellow martial artist, I am a mm-hmm. martial artist, like, to the core. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even though I've never been in an octagon. I've never been in a ring. I have fought in martial art tournaments. I strongly believe there is no way in God's green earth that Randy Orton can believably beat Brock Lesnar right now. And believably, and, I'm sorry, and, and, unless and, and, he and, used some weapons and, and cheers, uh, uh, unless Paul uh, Paul Heyman spray some mace in his face or something like that. Something mm-hmm. had to be, you know, hey, get the get the uh, get the. Uh, the the, the the stun gun thing, you know the uh, the thing they use in Goldberg. Taser, taser. Yeah, the taser, whatever. K ninety eight. Something of that magnitude. That's why, why you think that they did that to Goldberg because it wouldn't have looked believable that Kevin uh, Nash can be Goldberg. Uh, um, Are you actually, serious? That, that, that's, yeah. Uh, that, 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 that's that's a little. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. That was uh, a little yeah. different. Goldberg shouldn't have lost, but. It was other ways around it. But No, I'm saying that's why they used it. It yeah. was comical to use, but I'm saying that's why they used it. Because <clears throat> Kevin Nash couldn't beat no Goldberg. Goldberg was in his prime. Kevin Nash was still I think, old. I think and, Kevin and, Nash and was number two. He was weighing out, but I mean. He was, really? yeah. He wasn't as fast as Goldberg. And, 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 I get, and, and I get that. And like I said, fans, you get to hear exclusive because you rarely hear Tech and NFC Game Boy disagree on the topic. But like you said, you're a mixed martial artist. And Shin Blade has to ref it. And, yeah, and Shin Blade has to ref it with the beanie hat. Thank you very much. We. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to put the cage down on both of you and keep playing. I'm about to put the cage down on both of you and keep playing. That's DLC content for your hat. It's called you beanie ref. But. Oh, really? Fantasy Game Boy, you are a martial artist. I know personally, but then I am a wrestler myself. I know we had two totally different viewpoints on this. You wrestle noodle? That's that's, that's totally fine. Shimblade, we were talking. I'm about to say, Jack actually is a wrestler. He did wrestling in high school and everything. In the middle school. I am with the wrestling tournament. He is is a wrestler. Okay, the the cruiserweight division? Cruiserweight. (laughs) 
the, the Floyd but, Mayweather but, but, division. But, 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 but real, real quick, real quick, because we do have, I believe we do have coming in, uh, real quick, we have uh, just dropped them. Uh, I believe we had Rob oh, Long calling in, um, calling in. But with that being said, we're going to bring in right now. Is this the great Bill Anderson? Nope, it's Tolf. You messed up again, Tech. Tolf. I keep messing up. So, I, so, so I know that we do. I, I keep, I keep doing it on purpose. So, real quick, while well, we got some time before uh, Bill Anderson called in, um, real quick, Rob buddy, Long. what's up? Uh, we got both about two minutes. Give us your take oh. on Raw Hell in a Cell, real quick. Oh, I just called in because I heard there was a debate. Oh, everything's all peaceful and stuff. Oh, the, the show. Yeah, was, I just posted on the page. It, it, oh, real quick. Shows. Okay, oh, hold up. Tof, give give your opinion then. I mean, you oh, know. oh, I don't have any jokes this week. I I just thought the show was was pretty much fine. You know, shout out to passing the torch to Ambrose. I guess. I mean, Raw was fine. I don't, I don't have any material to joke with this time. So you know. Uh, the, 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 the debate, uh, NFC game, real quick. You can talk about the debate. Um, and Bill Anderson. Well, he, he, he heard the debate. He, that's why he okay. saying he heard the debate. Well, so that's why I said well, go ahead. And I, I, no, he, no, he just called in. Oh, he just, he just called. called in. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Well, I, really, I thought is, you guys. I thought you guys were in the process of debating about something. We, we literally. No, I, I didn't put. We I, I didn't put the details down. I didn't put the details down, but they were saying how. Uh, can Brock Lesnar beat Randy Orton either the 2002 version or the 2014 version? And which Brock was more? Which Brock was more? That's, that's, that's not what we're debating about. But was you can answer that. It, it wasn't. But real quick, real quick, so we got about one minute before we bring in Bill Anderson. Who who, oh, who okay. was, who's the most dangerous Brock? Is it current Brock or was it Brock in his prime? Oh well, Brock in his prime was just was throwing down one legged people downstairs, so you can't really beat that. <laughs> he, he said in the prime. You can't count that. You can't say in That's the prime. That's two thousand three. Prime. You say in the prime to anything. Oh, dude, 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 man, man, Brock in his prime was drinking milk with Kurt. Come on. Two thousand from two thousand two to uh, when Are you last was that? Two thousand. Was it four, five? Two thousand three. This is what this is what yeah, I wanted yeah. to ask. Let me let me ask this question. This is when I ask Tofi hurry up my answer. Um, give me your opinion. Do you think that Randy Orton can believably beat Brock Lesnar right now? Yeah, yeah, he can. Because you know the RKO oh hits out of nowhere. He can. Okay. Uh, Randy Orton's a t- Randy Orton's a tall dude. He's I mean Randy Orton looks a lot more intimidating than John Cena does. I mean I would rather fight John Cena than Orton in a legit shoot fight. Orton's tall. His style is very methodical. He works on your leg. Your head, your knee. I mean, he works on body parts. He actually tells a story. You know, I mean, it would be okay. a very long match, but so you actually, I have to go against. Okay, I disagree with that. I don't. I have to go against Tope on this one and because because Brock in two thousand fourteen, uh, two thousand thirteen, he is better yeah, than what he was seconds. in two thousand two thousand two. So with that, uh, if Cena can't beat him, which he's Super Cena, Captain Four Kids. Kicks out of three AAs. I don't think that an RKO can take out Brock Lesnar. Well, it depends on the kind of match you're having, too. Yeah, definitely. Well, you have to be exactly. Brock Lesnar down on that pipe. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly the yeah. combo. If he used chairs and weapons and stuff, then yes, he with, can beat him. But with, with, not straight up. With, with, with that being said, right now, and so if you can stay on for a few minutes, um, this would be a sure. uh, great support. Uh, right now, we have live, live, live. 
the man, the legend, the author himself, Big Bill Anderson. Welcome to Under the Man Radio. How are you doing, gentlemen? Nice to be here hey, with you hey. today. Don't get How you doing? That, real, How you doing? Real quick. Real quick, Bill, uh, did you get a chance to hear the debate we were just having? I caught part of it, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't real, real know. Quick. I I'll take the UFC, Brock Lesnar. How's that? Okay. You got one? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because honestly, a few years ago, I thought he was unstoppable, and I didn't think there was a man in the world that could beat him in a shoot. Mm. That's okay. why I really thought that until he got his butt handed to him. I, I thought he was the king. I really did. Okay. And uh, and since then, I think he's 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 a little more gun shy in reality about fighting. That's okay. just my opinion. So we had well, one and one. Uh, disease will do it. Okay. We <laughs> had one and one. We have uh, one for UFC Brock and one for Brock and his prom. Real quick, uh, so buddy, we got Big Bill Anderson. And did you have a question, real quick, for Big Bill Anderson? Oh, no, no, no questions. I'm just here to listen. So, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Okay. All right, buddy. Thank right, thanks you. a lot, uh, Go ahead and meet you now. Thanks, buddy. See you later, All right, Big Bill, thanks again for calling in, having us hey, on again, man. Pleasure. Thank you much. My pleasure, you, Evan. My pleasure. And uh, you guys got a very respectable show, and that's why I'd always be willing to come on for you guys. And uh, uh, you guys are first class. Thank you. Thank you. That yeah. means a lot from us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, it definitely does. How you feeling, Bill? Uh, here in Baltimore, it's, it's rainy, it's nasty, and I know you over in the West Coast, probably enjoying the sunshine and everything. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful day here. I'm just eating outside at a restaurant, and it's just uh, it's cooled down to about 75 degrees, and it's absolutely beautiful. We're getting into our winter season, so it's going to be in the high 60s soon. And it's <laughs> so not to scare wow. you guys off from the East Coast, but it's beautiful out here. Uh, it, it's going to get better in the next month or two. And uh, Wait, where we, are you? We, I, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, lucky and man! It, and, and yeah, it's 115 in the summer, but our winters it's 60 to 70 degrees during the day. On a cold day. Well, tell you the truth, Mr. Anderson, I'm from the Great Shores of Hawaii, and I would go back in a that's beautiful. I spent a lot of time wrestling in Hawaii and doing some uh, uh, shows at uh, Hickam Air Force Base. I spent uh, 10 days at Hickam Air Force Base doing some uh, shows for our troops uh, about 10, 11 years ago, oh, about 12 years ago now. And I uh, like love Hawaii. Oh, yeah, Hawaii is wow. beautiful. It's just a, it's a beautiful island. It's just paradise. I mean, that's all the only way you can sum it up. It's total paradise. I used to I used to catch a lot of heat from my wife at the time when I used to go wrestle in Hawaii. She told me I'm having so much fun and 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 I'm on vacation. And there were some times where I absolutely flew in and took a taxi to, to the uh, arena and then had to take another taxi back after the show and head right back home. And she told me I was in I was living in paradise over there. And it was like I don't know how you figure that. So many hours on each flight on the flight, it's uh, not too much paradise, but uh, I always enjoyed I wrestled for Leah Maivia many times over there, and uh, I did wow. some WWF ring announcing there uh, back, oh, my God, 20 years ago, I guess, or twenty more than 20 years ago, probably. So it was, it's beautiful. Islands are beautiful. Now, okay. Now you, you did, now, you said you did WWF ring announcing back in the day. Um, if mm -hmm. you can 
give us your thoughts of working. Give us your experience <laughs> of working for the WWF back in the day. Was it is this when it was ran by Vince Senior? Or was it uh, early? So it was. Vince don't Jr.? you? It was. It was uh, eighty-eight. I'm talking about eighty-eight, eighty-nine, um, ninety, ninety-one, all through the late eighties, early nineties. And uh, I did ring announcing from off and on from Seattle to Denver to Honolulu and uh, Salt Lake, uh, different places, uh, mostly to the West Coast for the most part. And uh, it was a, just an absolute great array of talent. I mean, you know, you had you had the British Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation and, and Jeanette and Michaels and Hogan and Bossman and Andre and Jake and Rick Rude. You know, it was just the old-timers of those days. They're, they're old-timers now, I guess. They were current crop at that time. And it was just a really good group of talent that uh, sold out arenas left and right. And uh, uh, it was it was a great time. I, I first started working for Vince Jr. in 83 when he expanded to California, when he bought Mike LaBelle out in Los Angeles, is where I lived at the time. And uh, that's how I got my foot in the door in those days. And uh, I was working as a, just an undercard wrestler, uh, opening matches, uh, wrestling like Gordman and Goliath and John Tolis for Vince Jr. for WWF and wrestling uh, uh, Mickey Doyle and uh, Rick Drayson and Jack Armstrong and different, different local guys. And, uh, and then in uh, 88... I think it was 88. Lee Marshall was a uh, ring announcer on the West Coast. And he wow. eventually, uh, well, he quit to work for Verdanya. And uh, when he left, it left a void on the show. And Chief Jay Strongwell was a road agent. And I was standing around in a suit uh, as a standby wrestler uh, looking for work. Uh, and uh, he says, Billy, have you ever done any ring announcing? And I said, Back in 74 in Phoenix, I did, or 73, I should say, in Phoenix, I did. And he goes, good, you're our ring announcer tonight. Go to the ring. There were 17,000 people out there. And I said, Chief, it's a lot different from the 17,000 it is in front of 300. Right. <laughs> he says, Billy, you got the job. And I said, okay. Didn't even have to audition for it. I just went out there and did my job, and they loved it. And I had it for years after that. Uh, all through the West Coast. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the towns, uh, San Diego, Bakersfield, Fresno, so many different California cities, and uh, it was it was it was a great thing. It was it was a lot of fun. And then on TV right. tapings, I wrestled with a mask on uh, because I couldn't show my face. Uh, so I wrestled as uh, for WWF as the Black Knight or the White Shadow. Different names I used uh, different times, oh. and uh, they covered me with a hood because they didn't want people to know they you know theoretically know it was me because I was the ring announcer for Los Angeles, so the biggest arena there, biggest uh, card on, uh, on the West Coast was the LA Sports Arena, and they didn't want the fans to know it was me. So, you know, I kind of uh, was a jack-of-all-trades. I had to be, you know. If, you, if you're not going to be Hulk Hogan, you better, you better be, make sure you're good at a whole bunch of things. <laughs> if, if you can, uh, real quick, I, I know... Uh, the wrestling world, we lost the great Stagger Lee Marshall, and of course, that's people you didn't know. He also was the voice of Tony the Tiger. Uh, yeah, the second of, voice. Uh, the second voice. Um, memories of the late great uh, Lee Marshall, um, though. Oh, I I absolutely love Lee. I I worked a lot of independent shows with Lee. He was a ring announcer in a lot of California shows, uh, and uh, he owned the Gold's Gym in Southern California for a long time, and. 
Uh, I knew Lee for many, many, many years. In fact, just before he passed away, just a month before he had messaged me on about something on Facebook, and we used to communicate all the time like that, you know, just like we do, Evan. You know, every now and then we just say hello and start talking, and and Lee used to do that to me, and then I was just so shocked when he passed. Uh, he was just a absolute tremendous guy, always upbeat, always, never negative, always saw the positive things in life, and that's what I loved about Lee. Uh, whenever you had him on uh, talking on the phone or on on a message or a Facebook thing, it was all upbeat stuff talking about what he's doing. He's happy. Life's great, and uh, that's why it was even the more sadder when he passed. Uh, I didn't even realize he was in his sixties. I always think of Lee as like forty years old. You know, I I just think I keep thinking I'm the only one that's getting older. Everybody else stays the same. And uh, Lee was just a tremendous man, and uh, I, I was just extremely saddened by his passing very much so and, and i owe a lot to lee first of all he was kind of my mentor i i tried when i was ring announcing in the eight, late 80s i tried to pattern myself a little bit after lee being just a consummate professional uh when he was ring announcing i know he later did broadcasting you know as a play-by-play guy and everything but he was one of the greatest ring announcers his voice was just it was unparalleled i mean he, he you know it's one of those Gene Okerlund type things. It's just like you got a job for life as long as you got, don't lose your voice. And Lee was just the greatest. And and uh, I owed my second coming of work with WWF as a ring announcer for them because of Lee, only because he left. And if poor guy didn't leave, give any notice he was leaving either. But uh, that's his that's his dealing with Vern. I mean with Vince and Vern uh, that he left uh, unannouncing uh, his unannouncing his uh, announcing departure. And that left the void that I filled for many, many years. And it gave me a good income when I was uh, married and, and I had a newborn son at the time. So it was very important to me. Uh, and I owe a lot to Lee. And I always I will always think uh, great things of that man uh, till the day I'm gone. Uh, he was a good person, good heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ennis, Ennis, Game Boy. Uh... Well, Bill, I know we had you on the show before, and I want to say I apologize because I had a family emergency, and um, I know Tech uh, did the show by himself. <clears throat> I just want to, you know, apologize to you that I wasn't had the chance to interview you at that time, and I'm glad that I had the chance now, especially no in the wrestling world. You know, we I understand. I understand perfectly. And I'm I'm just glad that I, I got a second chance at this. And my question to you is this. Um, another one of our brothers had passed away, uh, mm-hmm. Big Ox. Um, I yeah. remember yeah. hearing the story about him um, many, many years ago about a riot that he started. And I finally got the chance to see it thanks to YouTube and everything. I finally got a chance to see it. I didn't even know the video was on YouTube. Somebody actually recorded but uh, the riot that he started. And um, it was just amazing that a person can bring that much heat um, in the business. My question right. to you is, what are your memories of, of Big Ox? Um, you know, well, uh, I, you I can tell you, um, I only worked one show uh, as a active wrestler with Ox, and that was in Hammond, Indiana in 1981. Uh, Dick the Bruiser was running shows, and I was living in Chicago at the time. And uh, I worked a show at the Hammond Civic Center, and I was in, like, the first or second match. And uh, the main event was Dick the Bruiser and, oh, my gosh, I don't even know what it was. It was a tag match, but Ox Baker was in that match. 
and um, I have a program somewhere. I have to look at it and find it and see who was in that match. But Ox was on the show, and that was the only show I actually worked with Ox. I kind of knew him more from uh, Cauliflower Alley Club, seeing him at different events. Plus, I was with him in uh, New York for one of John Arezzi's old conventions back, I think, in 93 or 94, uh, somewhere in New York. I I went back to do some uh, ring announcing for John Arezzi, and uh, he had the Sheik, and, uh, the original Sheik, Eddie Farhat there, and Kevin Sullivan, and Conan, and it was a lot of great talent. My my student, Louis Spicoli, was on that show. So I went back with Louis, and I did the ring announcing, and uh, uh, Ox was at this convention, too, and uh, there was a lot of great talent there. Uh, Nancy Sullivan was there with Kevin. She was married to him at the time, and uh, God rest her soul. And uh, uh, it, was a, it was a really good time, and I spent some time with Ox then, and he was just a very friendly guy. He was a, you know, like I, everybody said it on Facebook. I've been reading uh, so many posts. He was the complete opposite of his in-ring character in real life. He was a real mild-mannered guy and a uh, real big-hearted guy, and he just loved people. He, he loved the wrestling business. He was one of the greatest characters uh, ever. You know, Ox Baker, just a big, mean guy. Uh, he gained a lot of notoriety from the Escape from New York movie with uh, Kurt Russell yes. and back in, I don't even know, like 80 or 81 or something like that, whatever year that was. And uh, that was a, yeah, it was a great role for him. It perfect, perfect casting for that. I mean, that man's size versus Kurt Russell was just beautiful done. And uh, Ox was just one of the great characters. They just don't, they don't like I posted on Facebook. They just don't make them like that anymore. And that's what's lacking in the business. Now a character such as an Ox Baker that uh, it didn't matter how he wrestled. That wasn't even the point. It was his look. The look sold it all. It, it, it reminds me, just to change the subject very slightly here, an old, old, uh, an actor once asked uh, Gloria Swanson, uh, uh, what, how did you act when you did silent movies? And she says, we didn't need to act. We had faces back then. We could tell a story with our face, and that's what they did. And Ox Baker could tell a story with with his body language. He didn't have to do anything in the ring. He threw his heart punch. That's fine. But, I mean, he gained a lot of notoriety because a couple of guys passed away, coincidentally, after matches with him, uh, with that heart punch, which was the greatest thing that could have happened to Ox because it just built up his legacy a little more. Uh, sad to say about, you know, uh, I don't think, was it Ray Gunkel and uh, Alberto Torres, I think, or something like that, uh, back in the 70s, uh, a long time ago. And uh, so, you know, he built up a lot of notoriety, but he was just a great character, and they just don't have guys like that anymore. Every, you know, not to take anything away from the guys nowadays, every, you know, but they're all a bunch of, basically a bunch of good-looking John Cena-looking guys. And it's like, <laughs> there's no characters. There's no right. character. You know, right. you had the Sheik and Pampero Furpo or Dick the Bulldog Brower or a superstar Billy Graham, and you had character. The guys had more persona than they could deal with. They had so much. You didn't need ring music. You just announced their name, and the crowd was on its feet. And and that's all it took in those days. Uh, I, I I really miss that. And I'm going to turn it over to Shimbley real quick. I know Shimbley, um has, has 
witnessed uh, watching YouTube a couple of the Axe Baker riots. I'm Shimblade, you had a question for Bill Anderson? <laughs> I have to say, though, that uh, I'm currently watching it right now, turning the volume down, and I got to say, this is nuts that uh, the entertainment, even though it was well-protected back in the 60s and 70s, uh, that he can incite riots like that, and you don't know many heels of that nature, and, and I agree with you that everybody is like a John Cena lookalike, and everybody can see through the characters, but uh, this guy had to be one of the worst heels well, one of the best heels ever in the business. Um, Mr. Anderson, Anderson, uh, I'm sorry, growing up, who were your favorite wrestlers uh, besides Ox Baker and uh, why? Oh, boy. Um, Well, when I was uh, 16 or 17, I first got to meet Andre the Giant in Portland, Oregon. I was living there. Uh, training with my trainer was Kurt Von Steiger, who mainly wrestled in the Pacific Northwest. He, he worked in circuits all over the country, but uh, Kurt and Carl Von Steiger worked Amarillo and, and Portland area for Don Owen. And I was living in Portland for a while, and I met Jack Briscoe, was defending his NWA world title. This is 73-74. He defended yeah. his belt up there against uh, Mad Dog Bashan once, and against, I think it was Dutch Savage, or it was, yeah, Dutch Savage. And uh, I, I my heroes were like Andre and uh, Jack Briscoe. Jack Briscoe, I thought, was the consummate professional babyface who could wrestle, and he could yeah. he could uh, he he was just a good looking guy in shape with the credentials, being an NCAA champion, and he could back it up in the ring. He was just no nonsense, just a good wrestler. I admired him from a baby pa- babyface perspective. Uh, I loved Andre just because Andre was the one of the greatest gimmicks that's ever been put on the face of the earth for wrestling, and and I'll and I'll debate anybody with this next statement. He he is the only giant that's ever been in wrestling. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of big men. There's Big Show. We all know all their names, but Andre was different. He really was different, and and I'm, I saw him when he was real healthy and could still do drop kicks and things like that, believe it or not. But it didn't matter. Yeah. When you stood next to Andre, there was just nothing like him. His hands, his back, his head, nothing compares. And I've been around every big man, Giant Gonzalez, Big Show, been in the ring with a lot of these guys. And uh, uh, I've been in the ring with Andre in a battle royal for WWF. Uh, I wrestled Andre and in a battle royal, and uh, he was just a, such a unique character. I always respected Andre, uh, always. And when you talk to a lot of veterans, guys like superstar Billy Graham that I see all the time, he'll put over Andre faster than he'll put over anybody saying that he was the greatest giant ever in the business, and that's from a, a superstar, no pun intended, point of view. Uh, that's It's just a lot of the guys will look at it like that, and not taking anything away, you know, we all know Big Show is a big man, and a lot of these guys are, but Andre, I got to meet as a kid, and still in high school, and I hadn't even broken into the business yet, and uh, I, I just thought he was just the ultimate. And, you know, Terry Funk was another hero of mine. Uh, I used to okay. catch the Amarillo TV tapes when I lived in Phoenix, went to high school, most of my years in high school in Phoenix here, uh, in 71 to 74, and and I used to get the Amarillo tapes that would come into Phoenix, and I'd see uh, Dory and Terry Funk, and I'd see uh, 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 oh my God, the Kozaks, Jerry and Nick Kozak, 
Apache Gringo and Bull Ramos and a lot of guys like that. And so watching Terry Funk, he was another one of my heroes that I've got to know through the CAC a lot. And uh, just they're just great old timers like that that uh, were really cool guys and respectable guys. And uh, it was just a, it was a different era, you know. It was it was a neat era. I loved it. Now I want to ask you this about Andre the Giant because I hear many stories and they, and most of them sound the same. Andre the Giant apparently he he was a nice guy, but inside the industry, uh, was it true when they said that he liked when he hated when he didn't like you? He absolutely did not like you. He would do nasty things to you, uh, nasty things to you in the ring. I I can only tell you uh, I only heard that one time that he had a problem. That's just now. That's just what I've heard. I I okay. know basically everybody loved him, but I know he had a problem with uh, Akira Maeda. I believe his name is over in Japan. And a lot mm. of the tape's been around. Uh, I don't even know if it's on YouTube. I have it actually a VHS copy of a shoot between them two where Andre just laid down and wouldn't wrestle the guy and uh, challenged him to come and lay on top of him and do something to him. And Maeda hmm. kicked him so hard, he really hurt his knees for the rest of Andre's life. Uh, but Ooh. Andre was uncooperative, and Anoki finally had to come out and break it up. Uh, it was a... it was a, it was, and, and Andre, honestly, what I heard was he had done that because a tour before, Maeda was shooting with all the Americans coming over and treating them like garbage. And... Uh, he so disrespected all of Andre's friends that Andre was going to pay him back when he when he came to Japan. So I can't really say that that was faulting Andre for doing what he felt he needed to do to kind of protect his friendship with his uh, guys. I don't know who the guys were that Maeda hurt on the tour before, but for uh, New Japan. But uh, that's a story I I've seen the tape, so I know the Andre match happened. Uh, I just don't know all the particulars of why. But I've honestly. Um, I mean, I've been around the business for uh, over 40 years. I have never heard a negative story about Andre the Giant at all in the ring, to be honest with you. And I worked, I'm telling you, I worked at least 100 shows as a ring announcer, referee, or a wrestler with Andre. And I never saw anything like that. I saw him work with with Hogan, Rick Rue, Jake Roberts, and you name it. I saw it all through the 80s and early 90s, Ultimate Warrior I probably saw that match 50 times, and I never saw him be disagreeable in the ring or be mean-spirited or anything to anyone uh, because Andre really loved the business. He looked, you got to remember, he loved it enough to lay down or, or lose the lose Ultimate Warrior about 150 times in, in, in a few months' period of time on his way out. That's how much Andre loved the business because he wanted mm-hmm. to be around it, and, and he really did respect the business. So I never heard a lot of the things you're talking about, to be very honest with you. If I'd heard it, I'd tell you I heard it. Uh, but I never more... saw it or... No, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Good. Uh, you can go a bit. No, we saying, go ahead. We're saying go ahead. <laughs> well, that's all I have to say about Andre. <laughs> I just, no, no, I just think he, he was just a, you know, he was just a legendary figure. And again, you know, Vince, it doesn't matter if you're Vince McMahon or who you have. If you have uh, $800 million in the bank, you can't create another Andre the Giant. Uh, that, that's that's done. And, uh, um, you know, it's just the way it is. Big Show's a very big man, and he's got a lot of talent. There's no doubt about it. 
but uh, you know you can't you can't uh, compare them to Andre. And uh, Andre came around at a period. It's like it's like always they like, try to compare fighters with Muhammad Ali and all the rest. You can't <laughs> do it. You know, could Tyson have beaten Muhammad Ali in his prime? God, who knows? There's such different styles and everything. It was just a unique, different business back then. You know, in boxing and in wrestling, uh, right. it was totally different. Well, I, my question for you, though, um, we know that you are um, an author. You, you wrote this incredible book, and um, I know that you've, you've talked about your book before on the show. But I want to change gears a little bit. One thing that I did want to ask you was about your tours that you took uh, at the different military bases. Um, I know that you got a chance to see the troops and be with them uh, back around the days of 9-11, some of our fans who don't remember it, uh, as a very dark day for the United States. And, um, you know, we yes. became very patriotic at that time because, you know, we, we haven't had an attack on our land since, you know, the Pearl Harbor days. You know, there have been bombings, you know, uh, the Michael um, McVeigh, you know, um, type of mm -hmm. bombings, but never of that, of that magnitude. Um, my right. question to you is, how did it feel visiting the troops at that time um, with with everything going on. What was your mind state, you know, going there, even though as a, a figure, a wrestler and everything, but, you know, how was how was the experience? Well, I'll tell you, it was, uh, it was to me, it was something I'll, I'll treasure my entire life. I did uh, two one-month tours a year apart. One was to the Middle East and one was to the uh, Orient. Uh, I'll tell you about the Middle East one first. I, I had a chance uh, through a promoter named uh, uh, Tom Reeder uh, out of Missouri. Uh, he, he managed this Tom Shade. But Tom Reeder gave me an opportunity uh, in April of 2002. Uh, we're just talking uh, four months five or six months after 9-11 uh, to go to Afghanistan. Uh, and if you don't think this that American out-of-shape guy was happy to go stand on Afghan soil when I knew uh, uh, Osama bin Laden could be watching from the mountains above. Uh, you don't think I was happy. You're crazy. I was in pig heaven uh, going there and standing uh, off of a C-30 uh, cargo plane and uh, standing on that soil uh, in the middle of the night uh, at Bagram Air Force Base. I, uh, I was in very much heaven through the whole tour. We got to go. Uh, I was with Gene Snitsky, Snitsky, his real name, not Snitsky, <laughs> as the WWE like to call him. Uh, Gene Snitsky and uh, uh, Lloyd Anaya and uh, uh, Samu, Sam Anaya. And uh, we were over there. Uh, we went to uh, Egypt. We got to spend a week in Egypt in Cairo. And I got to ride, pyramid, ride camels around the pyramids of Giza. I got to entertain myself that way for my personal thing besides seeing the troops. But we got to entertain the guys and give them wrestling shows. And I don't think I could have been more proud uh, as an American uh, to do that. And I would have laid my life down. If my plane would have crashed, I would have had a, probably had a smile on my face as it went down. Because we were in a lot of real shady areas. Uh, we spent four days in Uzbekistan. And we were there when... Uh, uh, they were doing raids in Afghanistan at the time, uh, in uh, all, all through that part of uh, that evil part of the world over there at that time. 
and uh, uh, Uzbekistan. We were in a muddy uh, camp for four days, entertaining the troops at night with wrestling shows. But did, we did. We were in Bagram Air Force Base in the middle of the night doing an autograph signing. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. The soldiers, when they came into the tent to get our autographs, they were crying. And and, and they were, like, looking at us and thanking us. They were saying, thank you for coming. We, we kind of thought America had forgot about us already. And I said, are you kidding me? And we were in tears. Me and Snisky were crying like babies. So you guys are the heroes. We're not heroes. I, we're you guys. You guys got the guns, man. You guys are the ones doing the good stuff over here, doing what you feel you need to do. We're just, we're just... We're American, man. We're just American sympathizers with you here, and we're just coming over to say hello and 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 give you an autograph and say hi and pat you on the back and say job well done. And uh, I I just I'll never forget standing in that tent uh, with the soldiers and we all hugged and cried. And uh, I had never been so proud in my life to have done anything. And I I caught a lot of heat at home. I had a girlfriend or a fiance at the time, and uh, she was like, "What are you going to do? I mean, what you, you're going to a bad area. Your plane could go down." You could get shot down easily in some of the areas you're at. And I said, you know what? And I told my son, who was, uh, oh, my gosh, my son was only 12 years old then. I, I told or 13 years old. I said, uh, you know, you got to know your dad's doing what he feels is right. And if I go down, I go down to my country, and that's fine. And it made me feel, because I never was in the service, but it made me feel exactly what a lot of soldiers feel when they lay their life down for our country. And I felt the same way in my own way, although I was unarmed. I, I thought I, whatever happens here, I'm I'm an American and I I'll, I'll I'm doing what I have to do for my country. And uh, we got to go to Kuwait. We spent uh, five days in uh, Kuwait City uh, doing shows, and I got to see the devastation that Saddam Hussein had done on Kuwait City when he invaded back uh, years before. Uh, and I saw blood-stained walls and and bullet-riddled airports and and. Uh, places where he had destroyed and hung people and things like that. So it was an education about our culture in different countries. And uh, I got to spend uh, about six days in Turkey. And we were only about four miles from um, the Iraqi border where at the town we were in. Uh, we hadn't, um, we weren't going into Iraq at that time. Uh, we were worried about Afghanistan. And uh, so, you know, I got to go to a, some real uh, tremendous areas there. And the funny thing was, when I was in Cairo at one of the bases, because the year before I'd actually been over to um, um, Korea, Okinawa, Japan. Uh, we were at Yokota Air Force Base in, in Tokyo. We were at uh, in uh, oh, uh, Yoka, uh, let's see, uh, the, 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 oh my gosh, all these different islands. I can't even think now. And uh, and a soldier that was in Korea. I met you. I met you last year in Korea, and he was standing at Cairo with me, and it was just the funniest thing. It was like, oh my god, I I, I couldn't remember him, but I I because we shake so many hands and do so much stuff. But it was like he, he was giving me a big hug, and I was like, this is so cool. I mean, these soldiers are real professionals, and they're good people, and they're fighting keep our freedom here in this country uh, for as we know it. And, uh, uh, you know, we all die a little bit every time one of, we hear about one of our soldiers uh, uh, passing away from uh, anything overseas. And we wish they were with their families, but they're protecting our country. And uh, I was very proud to have done all the overseas touring that I did uh, for this country and for uh, Armed Forces Entertainment. And I was thankful to uh, have had the opportunity, very much so. And, and uh, you know yeah, what? Speaking of doing... Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just want to say real quick. This um, 
Speaking real quick, you doing a great work by um, Bill Anderson for for Truth. I want to give a shout out to our buddy Mike Ryan, who's a um, fundraiser guru. He was on our show a few months ago. He actually uh, got a custom built made Ford Raptor. Um, I could see the link. It was on NBC News and Fox News, and uh, donated to a disabled vet. So we do, you know, thank you, Bill, and big ups to. Mike uh, Ryan, too, for the work that you do for um, disabled veterans and current veterans, too. We thank you for that. Oh, that's really cool. You guys are awesome. And, and I'll tell you, I would do anything uh, like that ever again. I would I would jump at it. Uh, I, I quit a job at the time I had. I had a very good job in California. I was promoting uh, wrestling shows and running a wrestling school. And I was also working a full-time job, and I quit my job to go overseas. Uh, and... Uh, I just said there's absolutely nothing more important to me on my mind right now that this is the only thing I could do for my country. I would have enlisted in a heartbeat if I would have been younger. I was in my 40s. I, there was no way they, nobody was going to take me. And uh, so I, I would have done anything for our country. And at that point, it was, I was just as insulted as everybody else. Uh, I didn't lose anybody personally in the 9-11 attack. Uh, I knew a lot of people that did lose friends and family. And uh, um, it was just the greatest insult uh, that we could have done. And there's not a day that goes by when I don't hear, uh, um, uh, oh, my gosh. Um, I shouldn't even have said it until I knew the name. I can't think of the guy's name that did that patriotic song. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The guy. The, the country no, uh, <laughs> big guy. <laughs> Oh, well, that's okay. Wow. We'll, we'll forget that American part of this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, I, I know the song. I don't know the, the, the singer. Yeah, I, I can't think. You know, I, I, get, I get a tear in my eye every time I... Yeah, I get I a tear in my eye every time I hear those kind of songs because, you know, it's 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 people Lee showing Greenwood? respect for our country. Is it Lee No, Greenwood? not him. No. I'm going to look it up. Uh, uh, I'll look it up. That's okay. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> now that, hey, I, you're now that I, bl- I blew the punchline here, and uh, but uh, you know, it's just uh, it's what we have to do. Uh, if, if you know, like the old saying goes, you either love it or leave it. If you don't like to be here, by all means, go somewhere else and live. And uh, you know, uh, and, excuse me, but, uh, Mr. Anderson, Big Bill Anderson, yeah. it was Lee Greenwood. Okay, well, okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. That's fine. And I, you know. Okay. Hey, it's uh, these guys. They write from the heart, you know, and it's it's cool stuff, and I admire that and love it. So you know, it's uh, it's all good. Uh, but uh, I I love my tours overseas, and uh, um, I do it in a heartbeat again. Mr. Bill, I just want to say to you, I I was reminded of a proverb that someone told me. A guy had told me I was doing some working at a homeless shelter uh, many years ago. And this guy, um, you know, of course, that you cannot compare that to going and helping the troops, you know. So please, fans, do not think that Game Boy is trying to compare the two. But the mm-hmm. proverb is very fitting. And what he told me was was that uh, what's more important, the car or the gasoline? And I said, well, it's the gasoline. He said, no, it's the guy who go put the gasoline in the car. And <laughs> the reason why he told me that was was that, Sometimes, you know, a lot of people forget that the drive, the, 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 the passion that we have within ourselves, that we give to other people 
to push them. And by you growing up and being in the wrestling business, I know and teaching many, many people and going over there and helping those troops and giving them that drive, that push when they might felt like, you know, Americans gave up and stuff. That is a beautiful thing. And I, I understand that proverb now. Back then, I would look at them crazy because I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> now, now I'm much older. I'm in my, my mid-30s and stuff. You know, I, I understand. Yeah. And um, it's just it's a, it's a basic proverb, but it, it, it's very fitting to this. And I thank you yeah. for giving those guys and men and women the drive that they need mm. to protect our home. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And it was just a complete honor. You know, we had girl wrestlers with us, too. We had Malaya Hosaka on. on. She went on both tours with me. Uh, and we had uh, Helena Heavenly on one tour. And then this other girl, oh, what was her name? Valentina. Uh, she was just a cute little seven, eight, seventeen, eighteen, eighteen-year-old girl at the time. Now she's been working for the last ten, twelve years. She's a veteran, but we had some good girl wrestlers with us, which was good eye candy for the uh, the men, and they needed it. And I mean, not that they didn't have a lot of beautiful service women, believe me, but they enjoyed seeing the girl wrestlers <laughs> in their little bathing suit type outfits and everything. So uh, we had a lot of fun and. Uh, uh, the islands I was thinking of, I couldn't think of a little while ago, was Okinawa and Guam, uh, such legendary World War II islands and everything I get to go to and uh, spend some time. And, and, you know, we had a blast. We had a blast. There was different islands we landed in and uh, in the Pacific, uh, that uh, like Johnston Island, Kwajalein, they were very famous. Kwajalein was a big World War II island. And they said Bob Hope used to come over there in the 40s during World War II and, and, and entertain the troops for USO. So, you know, we were in good company with what we were doing and trying to do. And we had a lot of fun uh, in our spare time. We got to go snorkeling out in the ocean with sharks underneath us. We got to, you know, do crazy things in our spare time. But at night, when it came time to entertain our troops and do our thing, we were all business. And, and we had a lot of fun doing it. And everybody went home happy and back to their barracks happy. And we didn't get any preferential treatment. We ate in the in the mess hall right with everybody else, and we slept on cots in most of the places we went to. In some of the muddy camps in Uzbekistan we were in, we were just like every soldier. We just traipsed right through the mud with them, and there was no big special treatment. And, and I, I honestly, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I wanted to kind of get a feel for what they were going through in, in, in our short four-day span versus their month months-long commitment that they did. Uh, and and worrying about enemy fire, of course, too. So you know, it was just a, it was a really cool thing. So uh, uh, I'm glad you Thank glad you guys can appreciate it, and uh, uh, it's something I'll treasure my entire life. It's the uh, uh, proudest thing I probably have ever done in my life. You know, a uh, high spot of my life was uh, uh, traveling overseas and and uh, and seeing um, learning about our country. You know, I learned a lot about our country that I didn't even know when I was in Korea. In 2001, I had no idea that we still had troops in the same camps that they had from the 1950s, sitting there and rotating out like every six months or a year. I didn't know we still treated North Korea that same way. I was a very dumb American. I didn't understand that. And uh, these soldiers have been going over there and sitting in these camps for the last 50, 60 years and rotating in and out, and just as if war could out, uh, be an outbreak at any moment with North Korea. And I didn't know that, and I didn't understand it. And that's why when I first had the chance to go to Korea, I was like, 
why am I going to Korea? Well, I didn't know we had any soldiers in Korea. Well, boy, was I mistaken. We have wow. thousands and thousands and thousands of American soldiers in Korea in camps. Wow. And it's amazing that we don't know that all from our country here. Uh, at least I did. I shouldn't say everybody. I, I was ignorant of it. And uh, I, I learned a great lesson. And, uh, um, you know, we protected our property that we earned through wars and, and uh, that sort of thing. And uh, same with some of the islands of the Pacific. We still raise an American flag as the primary flag in some of the islands. Um, and it, that was pretty amazing, getting off an airplane and seeing an American flag waving on an airport. Uh, and that was earned from World War II. And uh, wow. no other flag will wave there except an American flag. And that's mm. pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I want to ask you, Bill, um, to, to, to switch gears um, to wrestling. On on your website, uh, bigbillanderson.com, anybody that get a chance, please go to www.bigbillanderson.com. Uh, your personal photo gallery, you've met legends, O.J. Simpson, Ricky Steamboat, who, you know, we had. <laughs> I, did a TV, I, I did a TV show with O.J. Hey, that, you, that, 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 I wasn't trying to make that as a joke, but, uh, you know, O.J. Simpson, <laughs> um, Ricky Steamboat, who we uh, just had the honor of meeting and doing a great interview with, uh, Bruno and um, Bloody Blast. You know, i got to tell you, Excuse me, one second. i got to tell you, you might be the only guy in the face of the earth that in the same sentence put Ricky Steamboat with O.J. Simpson. That was funny. You heard it first. You meet another people, John Claude. The, the funny thing is, if you go on his website, and we'll, we'll post a link, um, our correspondent will post a link on, on our page, on your these small squares, you see, you get to see everyone faces: Bret Hart, John Claude Van Damme, Shane McMahon, Chris Jericho, and then there's a picture of you and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but you don't get to see his face, so you do see his shirt because he's so tall. It's like he has no head. <laughs> he so, was big. Now I got to tell you, he didn't want to take that picture. I met him at a, at a karate tournament in uh, in, in uh, south of Los Angeles, and I went up to him and I said, "Hey, Kareem." Uh, can I get a picture with you? And he just like, it was like the last thing he wanted to do, but he didn't want to be overly mean to me. But man, I grew up watching the Lakers. They were, I idolized the Lakers. You know, I'm talking in the 70s, early 70s, man. And when Kareem was at his hottest, doing the, the hook shot and everything, you know, the sky hook. And, and it's like, yeah. I idolized the guy. And it was like, please don't say no to me. I want the picture. <laughs> But he stuck his hands in his pocket and took it anyway. So he's okay. Now, now with the personal gallery, uh, if you can, give us a couple of stories real quick of the people that you met. I'm not going to say legends, but the Stone Coles and then you you, you met so many people. Uh, you know, Melina, the late Ultimate Warrior, Sting, um, Honky Tonk Man. Oh, my God. You know, I, a lot, I a lot just... of legends. So many, I, I knew so many. Uh, let me tell you some guys that I didn't take pictures with, but I knew very well and traveled with. I was so disappointed in myself because, like always, I think guys are going to live forever. And I was around Ray Stevens so many times in my life, spent a lot of time hmm. with Ray Stevens, and never took a picture with the man. How and why, I don't know. I'll kick myself to the day I'm laying in a grave. Uh, because he was wow. he was such a such a nice man. 
I have to say, had some alcohol with the man a few times and uh, really enjoyed spending time with Ray. He was just a real down-to-earth, legendary guy. And I I never took a picture with him. I never took a picture with Buddy Rogers when I had chances. And some guys like that that I really regret. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a camera hound. I, I spend a lot of time taking photos wherever I go and do things. And I always have been like that. Used to get ridiculed and laughed at in the dressing room sometimes. But you know what? I don't care. I made a lot of friends that way. And, and uh, I was down in Mexico wrestling in Mexico City back in the 80s. I used to go up to the guys I was wrestling in the match and say, hey, you sign this uh, magazine cover with your picture on it. And they didn't even speak a word of English. They'd sign it. They, they treated me a lot better in the ring because of that. They knew I respected them, and which I always did. Uh, and uh, uh, I just believe in being friendly with people. And I think, hey, you break the ice pretty good when you get pictures with them and you're friendly and you talk good stuff and you, you, you appreciate them. And uh, I met them all. You know, I, I worked with them all. I, I, I did a lot of things. And I'm very happy to have done some movies, thanks to Gene LaBelle and Red Bastine put me in some uh, TV work. And Carl Lauer with the, used to be, he was the former C, uh, CAC vice president. Carl put me in a couple of movies and TV shows. And Red Bastine uh, got me in a couple of things. Gene LaBelle did a lot of work for me. Uh, Gene's the one that got me to work in that O.J. Simpson TV show, First and Ten, as an HBO show back in uh, 90, whatever it was, 91, 92, where I, where I met OJ. And, uh, uh, and you know, it was just, uh, I got to do some cool stuff um, because of friendships. And, you know, I was a networker, and I always have been, and I didn't do it to network. I did it. The networking was a result of being a friend to everybody, and that's more what it was. And being at the right place at the right time, like I told you the story about ring announcing from Vince, I, I landed that job because I, I was there and I was hungry to, to work. And uh, work meant work. It didn't mean uh, I had to be a wrestler. There's no ego involved. I I made uh, as much money. I probably got a lot more work as a ring announcer than I would have as a wrestler for Vince. And uh, I was very happy to do it. And, uh, you know, so I always made myself available and cooperative. And uh, no ego. You know, if you want to, you want me to be the referee tonight? Hey, I got a striped shirt in my bag. You want me to put a suit on? I got a suit in my bag. You want me to wrestle? I got the gear. And, you know, and that's the way it went. You need me under a mask? That's fine. No, that's fine. Uh, you know, you need me to help run the dressing room or, or uh, do whatever. I did it. And uh, and I was very happy like that. And, I, and, you know, I was able to go for 30-some years uh, doing that in the business. And uh, I got to meet just some absolutely finest guys, you know, Rick Martell and uh, just guys at Brian Blair, who's the current CAC president. I knew Brian, you know, 30 years ago. And uh, he's a down-to-earth guy when I met him then, and he's just as good now. He's just the same guy. Lanny Poffo and late Randy Savage were absolutely the finest guys. And, uh, you know, and I was around, in, around a bunch of these guys that uh, I really respected and admired um, and I spent my life with uh, my my growing years as a, as a human being uh, with Jimmy Snuka. I'll tell you a story real fast. You know, the night my son was born in, on August 10th of uh, August 10th of 1989, I was wrestling in Fresno, California, at WWF TV tapings. My son was going to be born about another eight hours or, or longer after the show was over. But I was at the tapings, and Chief J. Strombo comes up to me. He says, "Billy." I know your wife's in labor. You know, back in those days, we didn't have cell phones or computers. 
uh, or anything. So my wife had called the arena at the Selland Arena in Fresno and says, hey, will you somebody get a message to Bill Anderson that I'm going into labor right now and uh, he needs to know. So when I got there, Pat Patterson walks up and he goes, Bill, we uh, got a message that your wife's in labor and you need to go home now. And I was hundreds of miles from home, and uh, she, and uh, I said, well, let me let me earn my job here. Do my job real fast, and I'll get in the car and drive home. So Chief comes up, and he says, Billy, I'll give you a choice of anybody you want to work with tonight, anybody on the on the roster. And I said, well, Chief, I'm not going to lie to you. If I want an easy match, put me in a tag with the Bushwhackers. And, and then he says, Billy, you got it. And he put me on the opening match of the TV tapings with the Bushwhackers, and then I got my butt out of there. Well, the next night... True to my professional uh, attitude and love for the business, I didn't miss a show. I was booked in Long Beach the next night for WWF. And I went to the arena, and Jimmy Snuka comes up to me, and he goes, Brother, what'd you have? What'd you have? And I said, I said, Jimmy, I had a boy, man. I had a boy. And he goes, Brother, that's so great. And he shakes my hand. I look at my hand. He was a $50 bill in my hand. And that's the kind of guy these guys were, Jimmy Snuka. You know, I'll never, ever, 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 ever forget it. That kind of stuff. He gave you, uh, he gave you a $50 bill. A $50 bill. bill. He says, Greta, tell him, this is, tell him this is from the uh, Superfly. You know, and that's the kind of guys these guys yeah. were. You know, that, and I remember that, that day, John Tenta, uh, Earthquake, coming up to me and congratulating me for my birth of my son. These are the kind of guys we had back in those days. There was some really, yeah. really great talent. And, and I was so saddened by John Tenta passing away. Uh, of cancer, you know, and, and these, we lost a lot of great guys, and uh, um, uh, I miss them. And that's, that was the premise of writing that my second book, uh, Big Bill Anderson Remembers His Fallen Friends of Wrestling. It was to pay tribute to guys like John Tolis, who was my idol and my friend, and Freddie Blassie and, and the Sheik, the original Sheik, and Big John Studd, who I got to know at Russell. And so many of these guys, George Crybaby Cannon and the original kangaroo, or not the original kangaroos, but Don Kent and Al Costello, original kangaroo, those kind of guys, I wanted them in this book, my first book, uh, to pay tribute to fallen guys that have left us. Many very young, many were old, but some left prematurely. Uh, Randy Savage, you know, and, and a lot of guys like that. Uh, and uh, I needed that in the, to as a release and uh uh, to pay tribute to my friends who I've always mm. worshipped and uh, idolized and respected. And uh, I'm working on another book right now. Um, Great. A little slow in working on it, but it's a third book. Uh, my third book, it's called uh, Big Bill Anderson Remembers His Fallen Friends of Mexico. And it's a real good All tribute right. book. I think it's going to be my finest book. Uh, a lot of great talent out of Mexico that I came to know and spend time with in rings in Mexico City, Guadalajara, and Los Angeles. Uh, the Hispanic shows, and uh, a lot of great talent. Eddie Guerrero is going to be in the book. I, I wrestled that guy so many times. Uh, the Great Goliath is in the book. They're kind of the American-Mexican-type wrestlers that are in the book. A lot of the others are more uh, masked wrestlers from Mexico, but they're very big names, and a lot of photos and a lot of bio and a lot of personal stories are going to be in the book. And I'm putting my heart and soul into that. Uh, uh, I, made, I, I spent a lot of time wrestling in Mexico, through the years and made a lot of great friends. And I tell a lot of stories of being on the road with some of these guys, uh, with Atlantis and, and, and the greatest trainer ever in the world, a guy named El Diablo Velasco. He was the guy that trained Mil Mascaris and trained Gory Guerrero and trained 
Fishman and all these legendary Mexican wrestlers. This is the this is the king fish of them all that trained them all. And Atlantis took me to meet his trainer at, at a, a arena Mexico or arena uh, Colisio in uh, in Guadalajara. And I tell this whole story about this in writing about Diablo meeting this man, uh, training 50, 60 wrestlers in this huge arena. And that's the kind of stories that are in there. And a lot of personal stories of Eddie Guerrero. And I was at Eddie's funeral here in Phoenix uh, back in uh, 2005. And uh, superstar Billy Graham officiated over it. And uh, I was there at the uh, longest funeral I've ever been to. I got there at 10 in the morning, left the cemetery at 8 at night. And it was just uh, the longest uh, day. I don't think anybody, uh, we all lost weight from shedding tears the whole day. None of us stopped crying the whole day. Um, and uh, it, it was a very emotional, one of the most emotional days I've ever spent in my lifetime. And uh, so, you know, I talk about a lot of that in, in this new book uh, that I'm working on. It's I'm hoping to get it released uh, by the end of this year. Uh, it, it, I, I'm slow in writing sometimes. I, I have to, I'm like an artist. It's like a mad artist sometimes where I can only do things when I'm motivated and the passion is there. And I can't okay. make myself do something. I have to do it when I feel it. And uh, right. uh, I get detracted a little bit every now and then. We go through the week we just went through with some deaths. We lost Cowboy Bob Kelly, a uh, great Southern wrestler, great part of the CAC. We lost that man, one of the most finest, most decent human beings ever. And uh, we lost him. We lost... Uh, uh, Dr. Ken Ramey, a great manager of the business for the 70s and managing the interns, and we lost him, and we lost... Um, um, uh, oh my. Yes, yeah, we, and we lost him, and Ox, Big Ox. And, and then I had a very good friend in California that was, uh, underwent uh, heart surgery, open-heart surgery, a wrestler, Mongo Sandino, and he's healing up, thank God, uh, he's healing up. Uh, but I, uh, I shed a, a hell of a lot of tears over him last Tuesday night when he was in surgery. Uh, I was so worried about him, and uh, it scared me that uh, I was going to lose another friend, and we were going to lose another brother in our business. So when things like this happen, I, I get very distracted in trying to write, and I can't put myself to do it. Right, and and um, and real quick, well, I know we were running very very short on time. Um, we we're glad that your friend is doing better. We want to thank you for being on our show. Um, we're running on about yes. thirty seconds yes. left, but Bill, thank you very much. Um. I'm going. We're going to contact you right after the show. Get off the air to go over a couple of things real quick. But Bill, thank you much for taking time with your busy schedule. My pleasure. Um, in, my Bill. pleasure. Thank, thank you, you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank right, you. Thanks. We're thank going to you. plug the book and the Facebook page and all that for Bill. Cool. So. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank no problem. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Bye. 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 Hey, that was a great. Big Bill Anderson, we got about 40 seconds left. NSC Game Boy. Thank everybody for calling in. Thank everybody for listening. Tune in next week. Uh, thank Tove, Shimbley, uh Tech, and everybody from Rage Pro Wrestling, man. Uh, we're going to keep giving it to you. Yes, he will. Big up to Evan Ginsberg. Thank you much to Sensational One Shimbley for calling in. Been a great videographer. Thank everybody for listening in. Real quick, we do apologize. Because of the weather and because of a little issue with the Blog Talk server, because of the weather, we couldn't bring Rob Long. But we will bring Rob Long back. Uh, we just, I just sent him a text. So, he... so 10 seconds off. Thank you very much, everybody, calling in. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Toph. Everybody calling in. Thank you, Big Bill Anderson. We will be back next week with, I believe, the great Check out the video. Today.
And we will have some other great guests, J.J. Dillon, Bass Rudin, and the UFC legend, and more. Any questions, hit us up on Facebook under the Matt Radio, at check underscore UTMR, and at NFC Game Boy, spell it correctly on Twitter, and hit up Shinblade on Facebook. Love you all much. We will talk to you next week. Pro Wrestling Powerhouse. Uh-huh. I will talk to you next this this Sunday right at the Hell in the Cell on Heartbeat Radio, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. For all that said, NEC Game Boy. And the Grouse say amen. Yes. Amen. See you, everybody. Be easy. Be easy.